Brennan, Medina, let's do this thing. You here? Our tail of the tape for this, our main event of the evening. We introduce the champion, Chris, the West Side Strangler Brennan. Let's get it all! Hey guys, welcome back to the Strangler Podcast. I'm here with my buddy, old buddy, Todd Medina. Uh, me and Todd go way back. And uh, so if you've ever watched me on anybody's podcast and talk about how I got started in the sport, I was I was at a club or at a bar that Todd and we were bouncing at and the first UFC was on TV. I saw the first UFC on TV and uh, I instantly started training the next day. Todd started training. Todd was a lot bigger than me at the time. He was around 260, I believe, yeah. maybe more. And uh, he was able to get in by UFC 5. And then I got in around UFC 16 when the weight classes started. So uh, let's go back to the beginning. Yeah. And old, maybe not so much old as an age, but old as in been around the sport since the beginning. Uh, Chris wasn't messing around when he said that. We were back, started when there was like no gyms around. I mean, there was probably a realistic five, three to five black belts in the whole state of California when we started. And, and they were all Brazilian at the time. Yeah, all, and they weren't showing you nothing. Yeah. You'd work on one arm bar for one month, and it's, you, you paid top dollar, and they were showing you in the gi. Nobody was showing you, like, any of the good stuff. And then there was just a handful of us, literally, that started in this whole thing. Yeah. Started in it. Um, Chris had to wait until, what did you say, UFC 16, 16 to get yeah. in because there was no weight look. There was a class. 200 and under and 200 and over and I was so I had when I first started, I was just stopping bodybuilding. So I was about 220. Yeah. And once I started training within that first year, I was all the way down to 180, 185 pounds. And um, so I didn't even get in during the 200 under, 200 over. And then I happened to fight Militech twice yeah. at 185, just got walking around weight. And then the UFC came at 170, Colin. And uh, so that was the first time to cut weight, but that's when I was able to get in and, and go from there. At that time, you had already fought 10 UFCs ago. <laughs> it's crazy how fast that went. Yeah. And, and it was goofy how Chris said he came down from 220. He used to be just swole. I don't know if there's any pictures or you can put this in the thing. <laughs> he was just jacked. So to see him come from the 220 weight to him even fighting it in the 50s, it's just unbelievable to me. And he was just shredded. I, there's a picture, maybe you were fighting Gomi, I don't remember, but there was a picture you were taking plastics off. Yeah. Man, you, oh, maybe it was your hamstrings Gomi. or something. Gomi, yeah. and, and he just lines everywhere. It looked like he was getting ready for a bodybuilding show. It was just <laughs> that, straight. That was the him. best I ever looked. As long as you looked from my, my neck down, <laughs> yeah. my face looked like I had been on drums uh, all night. But yeah, yeah my, I was, just I was in up. shape. It, it was a whole different thing. So when you got into the UFC, um, you were training at that point with Kenny, right? You're training with Ken Gabrielson, Ken Gabrielson in a garage. Yeah, and I love that guy for letting me do it. Yeah, you're training in, in a garage, doing JKD, doing jiu-jitsu, you know, doing all that stuff and, and got into a UFC 5. And if I remember correctly, that was in Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, Charlotte, Charlotte North Carolina. And uh, you, got, you were in an eight-man tournament full of monsters. Yeah, it, it was nothing. And you didn't know back then there was no internet. There was no... I don't even know if we had cell phones back there, but there's no internet. You couldn't look anybody up or see you just showed up and, and you're getting after it. I don't, I don't even think you knew who you're fighting until you're there. Yeah. Like the brackets come out there and yeah. it could have been anybody. Right. And, yeah. and your first fight was Larry Curitan. 
Larry, yeah, the super heavyweight kickbox champion of the world. I yeah. thought that guy was going to kick my head out of the cage. <laughs> he big, wanted to. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> big old to. mad black guy was just yeah. angry at the world. And you end up, I don't know how many, if I, if I can count yeah. right, but you headbutted them enough times to wear your own ice well shut. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how many times? Do you, do you know? No, it's the record. I, want, I don't remember off the top of my head. It was like 38 or 42 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it was over 20, close to 30 yeah. uh, headbutts over and over and over again. And uh, I was fortunate enough to, to be in his corner for that fight and was mind-blown. Like, he just hung out on top, just smashing him with headbutts. And uh, the fight ended up getting stopped via TKO, right, from from strikes? No. Oh, no, no, you end up yeah. choking him, right? Yeah. You end up choking him. Um, and then back then, you know, he got finished, and we went backstage to warm up, <laughs> to cool down, yeah. to warm up, to fight again. And... Uh, Next round was David Benito, and I'm not sure who he fought first that night. Yeah, um, but he he had already had a a fight. I think it was fairly quicker. He got in and out a little easier than you did. You know, he didn't. And, yeah. and by the time you were walking backstage after your first fight, your eye was three quarters of the way shut from the headbutts. Done. Done. And um, and then came back out to fight him. Yeah. You know, that was a that was something back then because you didn't know like we weren't mentally prepared okay you're gonna fight three times in one night cool but to actually do it because as soon as i sat down just like this backstage you go oh you're back up i'm like no nah, i just need like a minute or two now you're gonna forfeit if you don't go and i was like okay yeah, let's go. it happened so fast and uh i don't even remember everyone in the tournament no dan severin ended up winning uh yeah. he beat after you fought david benito he beat benito in the finals i believe yeah um but yeah i was stacked with big old boys Dude, yeah <laughs> that, that was some big men back in that that day that on that card they wanted the freaky big looking guys yeah because that was after chemo fought in three yeah and he kind of set the standard they wanted a big freaky looking guy with some tattoos and boom then so that set the pace from there yeah so from the ufc uh, where'd you go from the UFC? What's so next for you? That was the thing, because chemo got picked up from to go to Japan right after UFC three. Right. So you wanted to go to Japan because you were making more money. They were paying you cash. It's just that's where it was, is Japan. Right. So I, I was fortunate with that. Um, UFC uh, five happened. I, I got that, and then uh, Japan picked me up, Pancrase, and I was going there like every six weeks. It, oh, was, wow. it was a good gig. That is nice. Yeah, cash every six weeks for something you wanted to do. So they paid cash in Japan? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah, that was. Yeah. It was wild fighting yeah. over there. I was telling a story the other day that when we were, when we fought in Pride, at the end of the night, we would go to the hotel and sit in the hallway of the hotel. And one by one, they would call mm -hmm. us in the hotel room. And they had a safe in the hotel room that I don't even know how they got in the hotel room. Mm -hmm. It was a monster. And they would just set the cash down on the tape on the counter and slide it across the table to you and that's yours and i was like wow like they paid us dollars and you're like so you're supposed to claim ten thousand dollars or more how am i supposed to get this back you know i watched dan henderson make 230 one time and they gave it to him in a disneyland bag in a bar in rapungi and i was like yeah. i wouldn't even take that like wait till you get back to the hotel you know and and uh just it was just crazy how it was all handled everything was cash here's here's a crazy story that chris and i spoke about this a little while earlier today that those times will never happen again obviously but how chris just completely that's exactly how it happened they take he did it perfectly you take they take the cash put it on the table and push it to you slide it over it's nuts <laughs> u.s dollars like uh yeah it was nuts pride actually i don't know how pancreas was but pride actually taxed you 
on the the money when they paid you. So let's say you made a hundred grand, they take ten grand right then. And so the second time I fought, I was smart enough. I renegotiated so that when the when they took the money, I was walking with what I what was my what my contract was. I was walking with the money that I thought I was fighting for because I didn't realize it till the first one happened and they took a chunk and I was like, Oh, <laughs> that, that's different. You know, that's, that's a whole purse a little while ago. Yeah. So, uh, you, you, you learn as you go, obviously as you over go. there, but yeah, this is crazy. Uh, so many, so many great fighters took fighters and fights took place in Japan. You know, yeah. Pancreas, when you fought in Pancreas, was the, was, did you wear the booth yeah. and stuff that you, okay. So same as like when Ken Shamrock and Frank yeah. and boss and all those guys, did it how was that yeah like i wouldn't want to do it again but you were making good money for something you like to do the rules were off and and when i got there uh i was kind of pulled aside and said hey maybe don't fight so violent like how i like to get down yeah. like soften it up a little bit and then i was like what and then but it, it worked out okay you know things happen the way they do but like i, I would have much rather liked to gone your route to do the whole pride thing because that's where it's at so I got That's a funny story about my first fight in Pride, though. <laughs> my first fight in Pride. You know, you always wonder, you know, what goes on in Japan. In my first fight, I had I had taken on five days' notice, um, and they asked me uh, to make the the weight class at the time in Pride was 183 was their was their bottom weight class, and that's where like Anderson wow. Silva, Baroni, all those guys were in that weight yeah. class. And I took a fight with Age Mitsuoka, and I showed up, and I was and I made 183. And they said, hey, he's a little bit lighter than that. Can we get you down to 181? And I was like, so two pounds? They said, yeah. And I'm like, okay. I said, but I'm not in shape. Like, I just took this fight five days ago. I'll get those two pounds off. So I got the two pounds off. And then they came back and said, hey, he's a little bit lighter. Can we get you down to 180? And I was like, okay, is that it? And they're like, yeah. So I make 180. And they do it again. They said, hey, wow. can we get you to 179? And I said, listen, if you want me to make 179, I need some sort of compensation. And they said, okay, so do, do you want to win the fight? And I looked at my brother and I was like, what? And I was like, I knew that shit happened over here, you know? So uh, I said, no, no, no. Like, and that's how I ended up signing a four-fight deal with Pride. That was my compensation instead of having to work, right? Yeah. Like, I, but, but right away, they were just willing to, to offer it right then. I was like, oh. I was like, no, I'm gonna, I want to fight. But, but compensation, you know, financially or, or more fights. Right. And and so it worked out but anything crazy for you over there wow here's a here's a crazy <laughs> thing that won't happen again and not too many people if any well people will talk about it at all is that behind the scenes stuff that's going on yeah um okay we're gonna give you 30 grand uh to lose i want to give you a 50 grand to, to win to win kind of thing yeah um, or so that's up to you what you yeah yeah what you, how do you want to work this out on, on some fights so you had to take it as a compliment if they came to you with that kind of offer right. because it means you had a good enough name and your 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 brand was good you know because right. they were an offer not to everybody so yeah there's a lot of i don't say a lot but there's enough behind doors agreements that were that were like that right. kind of thing so real quick we kind of jumped ahead to to japan and 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 after the ufc but training wise back then you were you were training started training with kenny yeah um we're in the garage where did you go from there uh, unfortunately, Kenny's one of Kenny's kids got cancer, so we weren't able to train uh, as often or pretty much, you know, how we need to to get ready for that. So, uh, just here's one thing: is about being a good person in the sport and in life. I had met 
Carson Gracie some somewhere uh, prior to all of this, and we clicked, and and I and I did a private with Vitor Belfort. Okay. Just by letting a Brazilian stay with me one time, and long story, it'd take a while. Um, so when all that happened with Kenny, they brought me up to Carson's. They go, oh, I want to introduce you to him, and uh, and we met one more time. I was like, okay, I'm jumping back and forth a little bit. I had the very first Valetudo fight, no rules fight in Japan. So I beat a Brazilian that was the nemesis of Carson's school. Got it. And that automatically, boom, Carson was there. He had three guys. Valide was on the card, a couple other guys. Um, and he was like, dude, I love you. know, Carson, I love you. You're with us now. And boom, so that opened the door. And then Carson brought me in. And I was the first American, American. to yeah, train with Carson. So I remember Grayson. it was you, Vitor, Carlon, yeah, Beto, yeah. uh, Valigi. All those guys were, were uh, trained up in Hollywood, right? Yeah. And, and I just knew you wow. had, you, yeah, I had a good memory. Um, but I knew you had like such a massive stable of killers that you were training with at the time. And your level skyrocketed because of yeah. that, obviously. Like. I think you're a blue belt or purple yeah, belt. Yeah, no blue belt when blue I went, belt went with when, him. You, when you went there and you know all these guys in the room that are at the time black belt world champions. Yeah. You know, Vitor was the only one I think that wasn't yeah. uh, at that level. But uh, I just remember you you were up there all the time training with those guys, and and that's how your your game really expanded a lot. Six days a week. I remember it was two hours up and three and a half hours back, and it was really weird for my work schedule. I got paid to go train with him. Oh, nice. I, I worked for a, a security. No, no, no. I worked for uh, like blood. Uh, they take your blood, but oh. some of it from these labs needed to go to UCLA. Oh, and I'm like, okay. dude, I'll take that. I'll and then so I got paid. It, it's that's another goofy long story. But like you say, nothing but a room full of killers. Yeah, we would go there, and um, John Peters, the guy who made Batman, sponsoring Vitor. But like you had all these movie stars, and, and so Joe Rogan was there um, a lot, and Carson would kick everybody out like you guys got to bounce because we're in a train and these are like some famous people right it was so crazy it didn't matter back then yeah it was you couldn't just look everything up on the internet yeah so everything was behind closed doors you know you think back to like hickson when he fought the guy in his gym you know that was it was recorded once by somebody never got out you know and and everyone had to leave the gym to to while he fought him inside there but uh yeah you were you were up there with with a massive group of guys, and that opened your door to to fights and like you in a fight in Brazil as well, yeah. right? Yeah, I got fights all over the place from being on that team, and it was just straight. Like I've never been more nervous. Like you're nervous. I'm nervous before a fight. It's just it is what it is. Training, but I was way more nervous before training. There was yeah. nobody saying nothing. You could hear a pin drop, but man, when that when that man said, you know, it's time to go. Whew, there were some fights back. You know, yeah, as we did. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. Yeah. I remember putting on my gloves about to climb into your cage. Yeah. And the room of us, it wasn't it wasn't that many of those guys, but it was actually it was probably worse because we were a little less experienced. So we were fighting. Killers. And, and yeah. it was just a room full of killers that were, were training out of your place in Newport, Newport. Coast, yeah, yeah, Newport Beach. And a lot of lot of great rounds. I would bring my guys down there. Yeah. Romy and Javi and those guys would come yeah. down there, Batiste. And then all of your guys, and we just round after round after round in this in this cage, and uh, it was again those times like, and it, and it sounds crazy now because I've got a kid fighting, so when we train, I'm I want them to I want the guys to hit a little more on the ground and go a little harder, but at the same time, I don't feel like a body can do what we did anymore and keep fighting or yeah. keep training every day. We did it every day, okay. so yeah, it was. Uh, 
We yeah. fought every day. Yeah. We fought. We didn't train. We fought. You put your gloves on and you're just like. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> just know, that like, right there. And it doesn't matter who your next guy is because yeah. he's tough. Whether yeah. he's smaller, bigger, better, or worse. Like it's going to be a fight yeah. over and over again. And um, that's how, you know, that's how we did it day in and day out. Day out every day. And that cage we trained at in my place on purpose, on purpose, the bottom bar of that, I intentionally didn't put a pad on it. Yeah. So you either got good at takedowns and didn't get your head stuck in the bar or got good at, you know, your defense off yeah. of that. Because, man, there used to be some blood in that cage. Yeah, there was good spots in the cage. If you knew the cage, <laughs> the cage. you wish fights took place in yeah. it. It was yeah. like when I fought Joe Stevenson, <clears throat> the cage that we fought in was in his gym. And once you close the gate, they put a crossbar in the gate and I guillotined him and he picked me up and ran straight for the, for that bar right in the center of my back, boom, and hit it. And I ended up letting go of the guillotine, but like, that's the, the benefit of knowing the cage, yeah. you know, later on, I ended up with key in the cage off to in my cage, in yep. my room. And I would like go around and find everywhere <laughs> that I could use against the person I was fighting. Uh, Matt Hughes, he used to get in the UFC cage and bounce around in the floor just to find where the crossbar was the hardest spot in the cage and he would pick you up in one spot and carry you to another and dump you right on the spot that had no give, wow. you know, but he was, yeah. he was smart. Yeah. And that takes not too many people know to do that. No. I mean, it's, it's the small things that just experience. add up at the end of the night. Yeah. The experience. Did you get in a lot of street fights? I mean, I did, I don't know if it was a lot, but I got in enough to where when I first, the first UFC, like that was so appealing to me. Yeah. Like I was going to college at the time. I'm like, I stopped everything. I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. Like if it wasn't for the UFC, I don't know right. necessarily what I'd be doing. But yeah, so I'd done, I'd been, you know, enough of street fights. Not necessarily going out starting on them, but yeah. Right. yeah. And yeah. up in a few, it was different again back then. There were yeah. no cameras, no no phones that were, everyone pops up right. in right. recording. Right if someone says it, was like, pop, and yeah. <laughs> moving on. You could get in a street fight and it wasn't a big deal. At all. It was just a fight. The cops could even show up yeah. and, and send you home. <laughs> we worked at a, a bar where the cops, I mean, I'm serious, but I'm joking. We'd go out in the parking lot and do whatever had that happen. And they'd show up and be like, you guys, wait, to, don't be doing that jujitsu stuff until we get here so we can watch. Yeah. They were so cool. <laughs> And we just wrap dudes up or do whatever, you know? Yeah, that was one time I was I was telling the story earlier. <laughs> Todd was looking for me and I was he, he was inside working and I was outside working. He came out looking for me and I was around the corner in front of the bar, hooks in, had someone flat on their back, <laughs> kind of smacking him and choking him, trying to hold him because there was two other guys fighting and they were trying to fight us and you know, let him <laughs> let him end up once it was all over, stood up and yeah. have a good night. Yeah. See ya. I remember I walked around and Chris has this guy just hooks in just I'm like uh, <laughs> yeah that was the, the wrong bar to, to do anything in oh yeah yeah it was the, a handful of really good guys just good fight like world-class fighters in that yeah. place and it was just fun and all comes back to the same place I watched the first one was on yeah. the TV there and I was like okay it's yeah. gone now yeah it's something yeah, else it's no more it was a it was a Margaritaville right? yeah Margaritaville yeah, Newport Margaritaville. Beach yeah Wild. that place used to have the and everybody was super cool. All of us, nobody really wa like wanted to fight. It's just the place, you know, not yeah. to not to start anything. That place was, was so cool. I ended up like after I'd started training blue belt. I think me, Mark Lehman, Mauricio Zingano, this kid Henry Akins, and Brock, all guys from Hickson's, and uh, we ended up going out a lot. And I had bounced at Kokomo's for years, oh. and we would go back there 
and just hang out because one of my one of my best friends was the was the manager there, and we just always end up in fights there. You know, never starting them, but never yeah. backing down from yeah. them. And and had I had I not had the experience that I have, yet I probably gotten beat up a lot. You know what I mean? Because guys will they try to to punk you and you either back down and walk away or you end up fighting. We just fought a lot. <laughs> it was wild. Yeah, that Kokomo's. I remember there was, I don't know what it was about that well, place. Well, the problem was uh, until 2 a.m. it was regular, but they were open till 4 a.m. Oh. And from 2 to 4, they stopped serving alcohol, but it was open like all the other clubs and other other bars came there once it closed, but it was underage uh, at that point. So anybody 18 and up, it didn't have to be 21, 18 and up could get in there. So... You know, they would have black curtains over the French windows so that people couldn't see in. But, like, I would be working the bathroom and all of a sudden looking across, kind of paying attention. All of a sudden, I watched the curtain go, boom, out the window. And I was like, oh, man. And someone had gotten thrown out the window in a fight. So I ran out there and, you know, a guy grabs a garden hose out of his truck and starts using it in a fight. It was just crazy, crazy stories back then. People got away with everything. Yeah. It will never happen again. No. Those, those times are gone. All right. So back to back to uh, yeah. Hollywood and, and Carlson and then fighting in Japan and some some in Brazil. Uh, if you want to fill anything else in there, otherwise I want to jump to Russia. I was supposed to fight in Russia prior before all this happened. I was with Carson um, Fochanchin. Mm -hmm. It was all set up and I went through the whole camp and we were a week out from that fight. And somehow it got misconstrued to where they were a thousand dollars short on paying us and, and I don't mean only but it was only a thousand bucks I'm like Carson I'll give you the thousand bucks and that guy was so like no your word is your word they said it was going to be this and they didn't right. say so I did all that training like any fight camp's not easy you know but like since I was his first American he had to like prove a point so I had like had to do everything double so he pulled me out of that fight for a, a title fight in Russia so that was my first chance I kind of got to go there that didn't end up happening so. You say they were gonna, they were short a thousand dollars. You were lucky you're making a thousand dollars. Yeah, I'm like, I'm back then. <laughs> I was like, I yeah. bought Joe Stevenson for 500 bucks <laughs> and happy with it. And happy oh, with yeah. it. These people complaining now about a guy being like a pound over or like, you know, yeah, a thousand bucks or five thousand bucks too light. It's like, like, I was just happy to fight, right? Sure. And the guy weighed, I mean, it was kind of different for me than you, but I was like, if a guy was like 10 pounds over, it's like, or you didn't even care, just yeah. I mean, a lot of times cage. there wasn't a weigh-in until yeah. it was like an official weight class in, in the <laughs> UFC or something. Otherwise, it was like, did you see him get on the scale? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw it. Okay, yeah. cool. Cool. You know? Yeah. No one was taking a picture of the scale showing you. It was whatever. Nothing. Um, so when you finally end up in Russia, were you still training with Carlson at the time when that happened? Yeah, just not as much. I had my own gym okay. where we were training okay. in Newport. Um I was actually, I signed a contract to fight for Terry, King of the Cage, a title fight. They're on the up and up for sure. They're not shady. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, oh, this podcast is the best. Um, so I signed that contract and I was, I was already in shape. I was in stupid shape, but actually, and, I, and Russia called me, you want to fight for the M1 heavyweight title. Is that and, like M1 Global? Yeah, something? like okay. Fedor's, yeah, Fedor's yeah. belt. I'm like, what? I'm like, that's like a big deal for me to get invited to that. And I'm like, heck yeah, it was like a week out. I mean, I knew what they were trying to do, get somebody last minute sure, so you can go over there. How, you know, how we know how that works. Yeah. But they didn't know I was in shape. They put a picture of me on the poster where my son was right around being bored. So I was kind of chubby. I was fat because I wasn't training. 
that was the picture they thought what I look like. I'm like, yeah, I'll take the fight, no problem. Um, just like we were talking earlier in the seminar, right. whatever fight came through, bigger the better. Yes. I'll take it tomorrow. Perfect. Yes. Um, so I'm like, cool. I take that fight. Um, and at the time, the girl I was dating, I told her I was going to take her to Hawaii or something that week because I'd been fighting a lot and right. uh, and uh, bah, bah, whatever. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, how about this? We're going to 86 uh, Hawaii. I'm going to take you to Russia. So she's like, oh, okay, that's cool. <laughs> so um, anyway, so we go to Russia, um, and not necessarily. Have a no, I, my chick. Oh, that was it. Yeah, and everybody thought I was being caught, and I was like just the same me. I'm like quiet, like, hey, you know, glad to meet you, this and that. And I wasn't being cocky. They were like, you bring this blonde chick with you to, right. whatever. Um, and to top it off, we're all going. They have these big buses, Greyhound buses, that take the fighters to the the arena. Yeah. So everybody's already waiting there. And I'm waiting for her because she's getting ready. A chick getting ready. I'm like, dude, hurry up already. So we're like 20 minutes late. Everybody's waiting for us. I'm like, man, this is really not making me look good. Um, we get in the, the van and everybody's like mad dog me. I'm like, oh, so we get to the arena. So we're the main fight of the night, which for the most part should be the last fight of the night. Right. Um, just promoters being promoters because the mob was running it back then they tried to do anything they can because when i got off the plane um they're like who are you you looked much better than the guy <laughs> in the picture <laughs> yeah like my traps are all sticking up i got a six pack you i'm like not supposed been to show shape. yeah right and they're like what so i'm not even ready i'm just sitting like this in the back and then uh, the picture a rocky movie like I'm, they put me in this locker room, this set, like a like a four by four with a bathroom that's broken. It smells like what I don't know. With water drinking or dropping from the ceiling, <laughs> cold as all get out. I'm just kind of kicking it back there, and I'm waiting for the end of the night. So when I know need to warm up, they go, "You're up." I'm like, "What do you mean I'm up?" They go, "Yeah, you're up right now." So they move my my fight from the like from the end of the night when it should have been to like the second or third fight. I'm like, "What?" Oh, so I man. just put my stuff on. I didn't get to warm up or whatever. Um, this guy's already sweating and ready to go. I'm like, you suckers. Yeah, you know, um, he knew already. Yeah. So it was like <laughs> set up like that. And, uh, and I was just, <clears throat> I was in such good shape for that fight. Yeah, it was crazy. So I had to put that guy away like two or three times in that fight to win it. The first one was like, I, I want to say like under a minute. I'm like, oh, right on. But it was over. It's yeah. Mostly over. Yeah. Yeah. And the ref's like, no, no, you got to keep going. I'm like, what? I did. I put him away again. I'm like, he's like, no, 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 no. Again. I'm like, you start to panic a little yeah, bit. I'm I'm like, like, so there's really no way I can win. <laughs> I'm like, oh. So then finally, the, the, yeah, it was three times. The third time I put him away. And, uh, and uh, how? Yeah, was that? Uh, I think punches. Striking him? Yeah, yeah, punches kind of thing. And I was so nervous I left the country early on that one because I thought it was going to, I thought I wasn't going to leave that country. Yeah. So, and still today, I'm the first and the only American with, uh, with that M1 belt or yeah. to win the Russian title. Right. So that belt sits in my house. Sketchy. And, yeah. We had an event like that that we fought for in, in uh, Juarez, Mexico. Oh. <clears throat> and, <laughs> and our first, we, everyone won, but we had our first three guys ran through their guys. Our fourth guy is one of my students, Alex Sergikov, a uh, Russian kid, tall, lanky, really, really good. And he fights a guy who later, I think, ended up going to the UFC, but he, he they're five-minute rounds, three five-minute rounds. He takes this guy down, mounts him, beating him up from the mount, like sitting up posture, beating him up, and the ref puts his arms under him and lifts him up to the feet and stands him up. And they and he's like, what the heck? And he goes again, takes him down, beating him up again, and the bell rings. It was like two minutes and 46 seconds of a five-minute round. 
So I'm yelling at the promoter that's sitting right next to us, concentrating on Alex, get him out. He goes out, same thing. And the round, I think, went three minutes and, and 10 seconds, 20 seconds. We had it all written down. And, and he was dropping the guy, he was beating him up, and then they'd stand him up. And then he did it in the third round. And he never, nothing happened to him. Like, he dominated from start to finish. And when the bell rang, they stood him up and they raised the other guy's hand. Wow. And I lost my mind. And I lost my mind to the point where I am yelling at this guy loud. And it got quiet real fast in the place. And then I kind of went like this. And I realized I'm in Juarez, Mexico. Yeah. You know, I should shut up. So I shut up. We went to the backstage. My video camera, our clothes, everything had been stolen. And so then I lost it again. We packed our stuff, went back to the hotel, and I was waiting with Greg Jackson to get paid. And he, he had guys on the card as well, and he was waiting to get paid. And it turns out that now all of a sudden there's guys after us because they had heard me. So thank goodness everyone was packed. We literally grabbed our bags, and from the venue or the hotel, we hustled with our bags all the way to the border. It was a couple miles, but all the way to the border and just jumped across the border and, and spent the night in the airport and just waited for our, for our flight out of San, uh, El Paso. But at the time, I was just like, man, that was, that was dumb. But we never got paid. Yeah. You know, over four grand, I think, between the guys. It was like 4000 or 4500 bucks. Never got paid. And, uh, but that place is kind of like that place. No, kind of like Russia. You, know, like you don't want to, especially for a female... But you just don't want to be, you know, when you're out of your country, shut up. Yeah. You, know I mean? you can't, you're not going to get away with anything. And at the time, I was just so mad because round by round, it was building, you know, and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, no, what are you talking about? Uh, and then when he raised his hand, I was just like, I felt so bad for my guy. Yeah. You know, more than anything else, I felt bad for my guy because he had put in the work. And, and so it was just so frustrating. But that's how, you know, that's how it is yeah. sometimes. And yeah. back then, you know, especially, but. It is what it is. Things won't happen, can never happen like that again. Because yeah. now there's a commission. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you know the commission down there, Mexico. Uh, no, I don't. Not in Mexico. Oh. I didn't go back. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> we fought there. I fought in Tijuana twice and then fought there twice. And, and that was the yeah. end of, of Mexico. Yeah, I didn't want to put oh, everyone sure. at risk by going back yeah. down there. May, name's probably on a beam, 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 beam as I cross the border. <laughs> it, it's different now. It's okay. different. But like, I, I, I keep saying this and there's only less than a handful of people you being one of them that know that like, like how is Mexico? Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> like you're lucky on the real. I'm yeah. lucky. We're, we're lucky. We got out of that country. You can't talk Alive. to people like that down there. No, <laughs> you know no, yeah, what yeah. you did. You can't do, yeah. you know, and, and it could, I don't been, remember what I was saying, but I'm sure I was threatening him. Yeah. I, I can almost, I yeah. Him and I'm like, okay. So, cause those are like your kids. Yeah. You know, Oh, my fighters. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. For real. And nobody's yeah. going to do that. No, you're going to let them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I fought twice in Mexico. I was fortunate enough both times. I fought in Tijuana, I fought in Juarez, and I fought Shannon Rich both times. I don't know how it happened, but I fought Shannon both times. So I never fought any of the other people from Mexico, but all my fighters did. Yeah. You know, Ian McCall, uh, Brad McCall, Al, uh, Alex Sergikov, uh, Russ Mira, like all those guys fought down there, and they fought locals. Tough guys. Yeah. But but uh, I never I never did. Good for you. We were walking to the cage and they were throwing yeah. beers and stuff at us while we're walking out. It was, it was wild. It's serious. Time. Yeah, wild times. Yeah, yeah. I can't even imagine Russia. Yeah, same thing they were throwing. Yeah, I yeah. remember that. You're the outsider. Yeah. Yeah, having a whole arena, like yeah. not liking you. You're yeah. like, you don't even do anything. I'm just here to fight. Like I would hate to fight 
in Brazil now. Like I fought yeah. in Brazil when I was down there and it was cool. I was with all the Gracies and yeah. all the guys from Alliance and, and I was the cool guy. But if you just were to go down there or, or like someone like Connor who badmouthed Aldo yeah. for so long, I would hate to go down there and fight. <laughs> I would hate to go out afterwards. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll be in my room chilling. Yeah. The fight game is so different than yeah. anything and anything. So did you, what did you do after that? Did you fight after, after Russia? When did you end up going to Brazil? Um, well, the dumb thing I, or so right after Russia, I've got that fight for King of the Cage. Mm -hmm. I come back, I'm jet lagged. I'm like, dude, I am beat up. And I, so I tell the promoter for King of the Cage, I'm like, hey, like, I don't want to do this, you know, but it's a week after and I gave my word. I saw my contract. He's like, hey, but we're boys. And you know, you gave your word, da, da, da. I'm like, okay. So I take that fight. I lose. Who'd you fight there? Uh, Vernon. Vernon. Okay. So I lose that fight, which I should have won, but whatever. Um, the promoter walks in the cage and says, shouldn't have taken the fight. Oh my <laughs> Do we have this conversation already? <laughs> yeah. So always look out like you coaches always obviously look out for your guys. Like Chris was just saying, who's in Mexico sticking up for his guys. Or if it's not the right time or if you're sick or you're injured, don't fight. But for me and you, we were our guy. Yeah. Like you were your guy. I was my guy. Yeah. You know, I didn't have someone to, to do that. And that fight, man, that was like one of the most depressing things for me because literally a minute before that, I knocked out Antonio McKee. Yeah. And I was on a high and you were one of my best friends. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, man, because I thought for sure yeah. you had him. But I didn't know the story before that because we weren't training at the time. Yeah. And, and I didn't know that you had gone, you know, and fought in Russia yet or anything like that. And I was so bummed for, for that fight. You know, I would have loved to see it run back, yeah. you know, but I'm sure they were, we're yeah. good. Yeah, we tried. We're not going to do that again. Yeah, we tried. Yeah, a rough night. Yeah, but that was, that fight specifically, that 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 fight you had with Antonio. Yeah. Man, Chris kicks it, head kicks this dude. And like, like world-class wrestling put that guy away. Yeah. He, Your stock went through the roof after that. <laughs> It did, and to be honest, I had knocked out a couple guys in camp leading up to it with head kicks, and that wasn't even my thing, right? Like, jiu-jitsu was obviously yeah. my thing, but I had been training with Marco Huas, yeah. so I'd been throwing a lot of leg kicks, a lot of head kicks, and I had knocked guys out. I had gotten kicked in the head the week before the fight, and I was I was training with Marco and Buck Greer in Marco's oh. garage, and we're banging it out, and the next thing you know, I'm standing in the corner pulling my pants up, and I look around and I'm like, what are we doing here? And I'm like, what do you mean? And I was like, where are we? And I'm like, Marco's garage. And I was like, oh. really? And he goes, yeah. So I finished getting dressed and I was like, I don't even, can't even tell where we're at. And, and I said, how'd I get here? And they said, you drove. And Marco goes, maybe you got knocked out. <laughs> and I said, how? And he goes, head kick. And I said, you kicked me in the head? And he goes, no. And Buck goes, oh. and like looks down. I was like, you did? And then I was like, Oh, I remember you kicking me in the head and I chopped his leg right after. And that was all I remember. I went five more rounds, subbing him, subbing Buck and, and doing everything. And then as I was getting dressed, just snapped out of it. They opened the garage. I couldn't tell you what car was mine. And they drove a Buck ended up having to drive me home. And I had him drive me to my mom's house. I was just hanging over my mom's house. So I went over there and hung out. And uh, I never was nauseous, never was sick, just had a 30-minute don't remember anything. And uh, my hip had been hurt from Marco kicking me and I could barely lift my leg up. And somehow randomly I threw that thing and, and was able to knock him out with it. But he was such a good wrestler. He'd taken me down the first round three times. 
and I couldn't get up. I couldn't sub him. You know, I wore a t-shirt in the fight, yeah. which was like the stupidest thing ever. But walking out, I was panicking because I had heard he had trained with all these good black belts and no one submitted him. They said he's real slick. He's real slippery. So I'm like, what do you think if I wear a shirt? And, and I, you know, I was the guy. So like, sure, bro, whatever you want. Yeah. You know, he's going to tell you no. Right. So they should have, especially yeah. now that I have pictures of me kicking someone with a t-shirt sure. on. But I, I said, <laughs> uh, okay. So I walked out and fought in a, in a Huas Valley Tudo shirt and Marco was out with knee surgery. So it was cool. I was just wearing his, his shirt, but I couldn't do anything the whole first round. He didn't really hit me or anything, but I, he was just so strong. So I went back to my corner and I was like, Jeremy, I was like, I, I can't, I can't sub him. I can't set up anything. He goes, knock him out. And nine seconds in, I threw a left uh, uppercut left hook and then just wham, head kick. And I was like, holy smokes. I couldn't believe it landed, you know? And he hates me for this, you know? And I, I mean, bro, like I've lost 11 guys beat me. Uh, yeah, I don't dislike yeah, them. Like yeah, yeah. it just, it wasn't like I you. picked you of all I'm people. You. you know, he, he punked me. I got on the scale at weigh-ins and he shoved me off the scale and then stepped on the scale, asked to go winner takes all. You know, and, and was like, and I didn't even, I didn't have bad blood. They just yeah. wanted me to lose. You know, they brought in Joe Stevenson first, then him, and they're all out of the same gym just trying yeah. to keep getting me beat. And, and I won, but like, I didn't, I like him. I brought him actually to a camp in Big Bear with me. Him and Joe Stevenson were helping me get ready for a fight. And then I later hear him on a podcast saying he got a gun and a silencer and a friend had to talk him down from coming to find him. He found out where I lived and I was like, what? Yeah. I was like, he, he told me that he was upset and like he didn't leave his house for a while, but, but like, okay, I understand I was your first loss or whatever, but you had more. Do you want to kill them? You know, I had more and I don't want to kill them. <laughs> it, it was so weird with that because I, I spoke to him uh, maybe a year ago or something. I don't know what it was. Oh, you're Brennan's boy. <laughs> like he, he's, he's still somewhere down there a little bit. Yeah. He wanted to fight me, you know, numerous times after that, but guys were like, we'll give you 1500 bucks. I was like, bro, first of all, I either, I either lose a decision, you know, because he's very yeah. capable of beating me that way, or or I somehow like lightning's on to strike again, you know. So for fifteen hundred bucks, it's not worth it, you know. I, I can give me ten grand, I'll fight him, yeah. you know. Uh, at, at that time, now it would take yeah. more than that. Fifteen <laughs> yeah. years old, <laughs> but but uh, but no one was offering anything big for the fight, and to have a finish like that, I thought, why would I fight him again? You know, why would I give him the opportunity? Smart to, answer. Smart to answer. Put on my record, I've got a, a decision loss to a guy, you know, that I had such a, a great highlight knockout of, and. And, uh, you know, again, I like him and, and wish that he didn't have ill will toward me. <laughs> and it's unfortunate because his kid is uh, the featherweight champ in Bellator now. And Lucas's first fight, you know, he sits down in the interview before the fight. And they're like, so, you know, what do you think, you know, with the storyline of since your dad knocked out Antonio McKee of you and AJ McKee? And he's like, I'm 0-0 and he's 15-0. I was like, probably not going to happen for a long time, you know, like. Why are we talking about that? What another smart answer. Yeah, you know, Good he's kid. a smart kid, but like he's not calling anybody out. But yeah, it's just uh, people want to see, you know, that type of thing. And yeah. it's down the line if it ever, it's, if, you know, in years down the line. I don't know if and AJ's going to move up a weight class or, or if he's switching. Yeah, if it's all, talking so about many UFC things thing. that can happen by then. Yeah, for sure. And he's a stud, man. He's a great fighter. Yeah. You know, his dad was good. He's way, he's way more well-rounded and, yeah. and, and dangerous in a lot of places. Yeah, that he is. So anyway, yeah, goofy, but that go, okay. So backing up a little bit, yep. that training where you got head kicked and you're like, what the heck, where am I kind of thing? Yeah. To, and then you fought obviously a week, a later. week later and, and one definitely and, shouldn't have, you know, like, <laughs> it's like, what the heck? 
so like you need the proper coach and coach you really need to be looking out for your guys because they're getting that i mean that's just mind-blowing i didn't know that story yeah i didn't know that story yeah for whatever reason we had trained together a lot leading up to that and yeah. then didn't and then we trained again a lot uh like before i fought steve Berger. And I had done so much grinding in your fence. That was my only decision win. But I put him on the fence and beat him up the whole time. But it all, you know, all yeah. went back to the training at your gym. But yeah, the, the training back then was just, it was different. Yeah. It was different. We just fought and nobody got hot headed or. No, never. And there was big names still. Well, we were big names back then, but it would show up all like just through the grapevine. People would hear about this. Remember guys would show up to come and train yeah. and be like, no, I'll be over here on the mat doing whatever I'm doing. Yeah. Cause that cage was just. They either do one round and not jump back in or watch a round. Yeah. And be like, well, I'm gonna, yeah. I'll be a, over here. There's a there's mat, mat over, over there. there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, all right, cool. That was just straight bananas. And you had a, you had a team, you yeah. know, like you, you at created point, some monsters. So that was kind of what I was saying earlier at, at that seminar. I, I didn't have a coach after blue, so I made my guys as good as I could, as fast as I could. Yeah. So I had a good training partners, you yeah. know, and, and like Jeremy, I turned into a monster, uh, Tracy bow, um, buck Adam, like all those guys were just, were savages. And it went from where I was running everyone over. to all of a sudden there was competition in the room. You know, it's all of a sudden I'm like, okay, now, yeah. now we're, we're all on the same page here. And, and so, yeah, that was my way of doing it. But at one time, I had 20 pro fighters fighting out of my gym, and I was never home. Like, that's why my gym went downhill for a while yeah. because I was gone. I was gone for a couple of weeks making 250 bucks off of their fights. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I was married at the time, so that wasn't super awesome. Anytime I came home, I was like, hey, I made 500 bucks while I was gone to Hawaii and Guam and here and there. And here's the, here's the percentage that I got, you know, and, and the guys didn't pay to train. They just yeah. kicked me a percentage of the fights. So, but had I been like, uh, and I'm sure you too, had I been uh, independently wealthy, I'd done all for free. Yeah, you know, I'd still, St I'd still, still be teaching for free right still. now, and and have my gym for free if I, yeah. I just, if I just had the money, I would I would be teaching anyway because it's it's so fun, man. I enjoy coaching and teaching and and training and whatnot. And so, you know, like I my kids a full time job. Yeah. He's a full-time job, job for me. Like I, I'm training him all the time. I'm hustling for sponsors, yeah. you know, hustling yeah. with the, with Bellator getting stuff done, but it's a full-time gig. I don't take a penny from him. I just let him say, that's so cool. You know, but if you think about like a, a manager's job or an, a, an agent or whatever, they're banking, you know, off, yeah. of, off the, off the big name guys yeah. for sure. For real. And that's like, how cool is that? To that you're, I mean, not, not that you're not making money, but you like, you could care less at you. Look what you produced. Yeah. Like he's a polite, just a great kid, yeah. crushing it in the in the cage, you know. Like everybody likes him. Look, look, that's you know that comes from you, Dad. It's been awesome. You that think comes about from you. when you talk to your students, you know, and you're like, "Hey, just listen. Hey, just yeah. do. It. Just listen to what I'm telling you. This is how good you can be." Well, I've I've got the kid that listened, yeah. you know, and two of them yeah. that listened the whole time and. And everyone's like, oh, it's because they're your kids. Well, that didn't, they didn't get genetically good jujitsu, right? They <laughs> yeah. trained it and yeah. they trained everything, but they listened and they did the things that I keep telling you to you do, do, you know, and, and they didn't put in that many more hours than you. You were there every day, but, you know, people don't listen to, don't to, listen. to everything and, yeah. and do all the work. And so there ends up being a real big gap, you know, yeah. and, and for him, he's a good kid, a good looking kid, yeah. real hard to dislike. Well, 
you know he's polite in his interviews afterwards and, he, and he's honest about it he's not like blowing smoke you know he he's not trying to call anybody out he's happy to be there i don't know in his last interview he must have said i'm happy five times <laughs> in, in a 30 second period i'm happy yeah. to be here i'm happy to keep fighting for bellator i'm happy to you know i'll be back i'm happy to get the opportunity yep and that's real you know yeah. that's him being real and i love it because i was nice but i was at, a, at an edge you know and and i always end up having you know a some bad blood with the guy I was fighting sometimes or whatnot. Like me and Thomas Denny had bad blood and we squashed it. And he was also someone that came up and helped me for a fight. But, uh, me and Joe Stevenson had real bad blood, blood. you know, and, uh, it just, you know, squashed it later. But I was, I was real focused and, and wanted to do well. So get out of my face, get out of my way and, and, you know, whatever. And, and he's just like the most laid back kid ever. And, Tyler will be the same way when, yeah, when he starts. It's his turn. You were chill. Yeah. Yeah, you were chill. Like that. But our, your fuse was like this short, also. So you you yeah you pulled that off really well by by being a, a nice guy because you're a nice, genuine guy. But you had like a, a very very short fuse too, to where you were real. Just like I was talking. Quick story. <laughs> we're 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 at Casper, Wyoming, at UFC six, and neither one of us are fighting. But we know a guy fighting, and we're in a hotel room, and whatever. And me and Todd are having a conversation like this. We're we're enjoying ourselves, and I said something. He said something. I, I put my hands up. Like, Let's go. And he goes pop pop, and punched me straight in the face twice. Pop pop, and and my lip was bleeding. I was like, bro, I was playing. Like, relax. And he goes, I was playing, and he was playing just different than I was playing. <laughs> I was like, okay, but he was. You know, people talk about how real I am, and and you know honest and upfront about everything and i'm going to tell you how it everything. is everything whatever and, and i'm going to fight yeah. you at the drop of a hat if it gets to that point and that that was you know i don't even think you wanted to fight you were just nah. playing roughhousing yeah yeah <laughs> like I, i'm either like there's no there's no uh middle road i'm either like yeah. suit like this is my boy right here like i don't want to like friends that fight friends sometimes how that works out i can't do that yeah. you know but not that I wanted to fight you or whatever, but, but yeah, it's just like you, you can trash talk with the best of them. If somebody wants to get after it back and forth, yeah. I can't do that. It's not my style. So you just smack that, yeah, I'm like, well, let's just go then. Like that the thing with weigh-ins or whatever, people talk this and that or yeah. I push, you touch me or say the wrong thing, then yeah, we're going right now. Yeah, I was I was very odd because I, uh, as as feisty as I was at the same time, I was so nervous all the time. I was so nervous before my fights. And just played it off, you know. When he Very pushed good, me, good. when he pushed me, I just got more nervous. Dude, when they announced my name, I was about to walk out. I turned and puked in a bucket, and then walked out and fought him, knocked him out. I puked before majority of my fights, but I was always just so nervous. And now that I was nervous to get hurt, I just didn't. I wanted to win so bad, and I had a gym, and and didn't want to show up on Monday. Yeah. And in my head, no one was going to show up on Monday if I lost, right? Yeah. Even though I was the one putting it on the line, and. and all the time you know yeah 36 times On everything yeah so i of course they were going to be there but it just in my head i was always nervous and wanted to win so bad that i just got like way inside my head later on uh got over it saw a guy uh, uh sports psychologist oh very and that cool. helped a lot and then i visualized a lot more and then i was like walking out to the cage with smiles on my face that was yeah. a different story <laughs> had to took a long time to to believe how good i was yeah you know? a long time you know. And look, and look, okay, like you said, it took all that time or a long time, and now you can pass it off to yeah. your sons or your fighters. Obviously, you've been doing that, but like nobody taught you that. Like, no. you had to learn that. Yeah, that's such a big deal. It's a hard road. 
Yeah, find that coach. Like, obviously, if you're in Texas, like on my, on my social media, if people ask me different states or whatever, anybody in Texas, there was a guy that came to the seminar earlier today. Yeah, that was cool. Oh, yeah, my, you got to go see Chris. I've been telling him that for probably the past year and a half. Nice. But, like, you, you have to find that coach. Not any coach, but that coach. Keep yeah, looking. That cares. Yeah, for real. Yeah. You know, there's too many guys that will just throw you to the wolves or yeah. don't care, you know? And, and you're the guy who cares. I do. For real. That for, for real. my students. Yeah, like, you know? I almost had to fight Guy Mesger when I first moved here at a, at a jiu-jitsu tournament because he got into it with one of my, one of my jiu-jitsu guys. And the next thing you know, we're this close to each other. And he's in my ear. And I'm like, man, how did this happen? Like, we just got here. It was the first tournament I ever brought my guys to. And he leans on me and kind of shoulders me. And I shoulder him back. I said, bro, like, don't. And, yeah. and it ended up getting separated. And I walked away. I was like, dude, how did that even happen? And later on, we ran into each other at a, at a Dallas Dynamite, a wrestling place. And he goes, uh, he walks in. And I was like, shit. <laughs> and he goes, you want to go in there and talk? And I said, sure. And we go into an office that has a window, but there's no glass, so it's open. I was like, why do we even come in here? <laughs> so we go in here, and I'm looking out there, and uh, he goes, hey, I just want to tell you, you know, I respect you and, and whatever. And, and I said, me too. And right I, on. You know, I've, I've watched you. He fought in pride when I did. And uh, I said, I, to be honest, you were getting into it with one of my guys, and I just moved here. I had to, I had to you know, yeah, for real. get back in your face when you got in my face. I was, whether you, you win or I win, I'm not going to just let it happen. I had to, I had to. Good so. job. And, and we were cool, you know, super cool after that. He's, he's a good dude, yeah. he, but he's real, you know, he's a hard guy to, to all those lines. Then guys yeah. were, there you go. They were yeah. tough to, yeah. to figure out, are we cool? Or are we not, not cool? cool? They're like, you know, a little arrogant, yeah. but, but good dudes. Yeah. They followed suit from Kenny. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if any of them were that arrogant. Yeah. They were. Yeah. They yeah. Crazy. Different group. So, uh what was next after we started to get to when you went to brazil yeah um same stupid thing you and i being you and i i get this fight i'm over here crushing it vanderlee's over vanderlee silver's over in brazil crushing it um i get a call from pride saying okay want you two to fight and then whoever wins this fight's going to start making some money i'm like let's do this <laughs> so they put the fight together in brazil um what was it? World Valetudo or something down there or not? Was that already over? It could have been. Yeah. I should rem Universal or World? Was I there a remember. net around the bottom of the ring or was there not one? Do you remember that? No. Like Chuck no, went you know down what? there I and think fought there was... Pele down there and, and had him on the ground with the head was in the net in so the you couldn't net. fall out of the bottom of the ring. I'm sure it was. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Yeah. That fight, I don't remember much of that fight. Yeah. So I go down there, um, kind of the same scenario as Russia. I get off the plane. They're like, what's this guy? You know, whatever. Right. So I had to give him my passport. I'm like, well, that's kind of weird. You know, it's just the whole scenario was set up. So it was like. Um, hold on to it? Yeah. yeah so you like, can't leave. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> you're fighting Vandalay Silva. Give us the passport because when you see him, you're going to want to leave. We're not going to let you. Well, here's the thing. They wouldn't <laughs> let me go to weigh-ins because that was the most swole I've ever been. I just was, I was on, like just in shape for the, I wasn't allowed to go to weigh-ins, any of the TV, uh, nothing. Just stay in your room. Like, huh. I, nothing I couldn't do. Um, so Romy went with me. It was like, say, Friday night, like 2, 3 in the morning. I'm hungry. We fight Saturday night. Right. So we'll go walk the streets, can't find anything. I, I call room service. Hey, can I get a turkey sandwich? They bring it up. I eat it. Like three hours later, I just got food poisoning like it's my job. 
I'm like, oh man, it's not good. Just throwing up like crazy. Call the promoter. He shows up. It's like seven, eight in the morning now. He's like, hey, you're green. I'm like, let me tell you. Um, I go, I gave you my word. I'm still going to fight. He's like, right on. Cool. Right on. Perfect. <laughs> so the day goes by. It's now Saturday afternoon, Saturday night. They come pick me up. I'm throwing up in the hotel room on the way to the arena, at the arena, walking to the ring. Yeah, it was so bad. I couldn't, I couldn't warm up for more than like 10, 15 seconds without throwing up. It was just so bad. And I knew the results, but I knew if I could pull this off somehow, right. I was making paper. Right. So um, first round, I didn't even know it was for sure underneath a minute. I get double collar tie up. Boom, take a knee to the face, a couple of them. And now, Fractured put, bone, yeah, right? so it yeah. goes behind my eye and down my cheek. Um, so for a year, I BS you not, a year, I had to wake up, crack my door, wake up, crack my door because I was seeing so the threes. Light in slow? Yeah. And it was like crazy. I was like, man. So I go to the eye doctor. This is like a year later. <clears throat> He's like, we can take your eye out and patch all up and put screws and all that kind of stuff, but you can't fight anymore. I'm like, well, <laughs> right. Who are you kidding? <laughs> Who are you talking to? I'm like, I'm cool with seeing doubles. Let's run this. So I didn't get it fixed. It's still not fixed. Um, and uh, and that was that. I tried to get that fight back too. Yeah. Him, him and him and Japan. Anywhere. Yeah, anywhere. I'm like, I'll fight for cheap. I'll fight for free. They can take my money. Whatever. I was yeah. like, oh. people don't understand now. Uh, I think that how many fights were taken because you needed the fight yeah you know more like nowadays they'll drop out of fights they'll get on the next card or whatever but we were fighting to live right like we we're fighting to to eat to pay for my family to pay for you know your gym yeah you know whatever like the students weren't covering it we were we were <laughs> yeah. covering it right and be honest yeah and so there were so many excuses that you could use you know what i mean for a, for a fight but uh or for a loss but in reality, there was there was always so much BS that went on with the promoters and stuff, depending on where you fought, right. that you got railroaded one way or the other and and, and kind of pushed into the direction the fight was going to go, whether it was going to go that way or not. You yeah. know, like, oh, you're going to win? Watch this. <laughs> you know, yeah. you look like you're going to win. We're going to we're going to put it a little, you know, make it a little more difficult. When I fought Militic the second time, uh, first time we had a draw and, and it was, dude, I was. That's it was huge. My, it was my fourth fight. That's huge. It was his 24th fight. Yeah. And I was a blue belt and I didn't know shit. You know, I was a blue belt in jujitsu. And they fly me to Iowa and I fight him in a baseball stadium. And, and like um, Royce Alger, uh, he, oh. he wrestled for Iowa. Yeah. He walks by and smacks me on the back and he says, hang on there, sissy boy. And I was like, okay, you know, and, and I was like, holy smokes. And there were people blowing smoke in my face as I was walking to the cage. But I, I went, we went at it for, for 20 minutes straight in uh, one round and I went to a draw. Well, the second time we fought in a boxing ring in a bar that Pat bounced at that his best man was a referee. No lie. And Monty says, hey, do you want to know who the judges are? And I said, no. no. And he goes, good, because they're all related to Pat. He was just joking, but he goes, good, because they're all related to Pat. Well, we were, we were judged on the striking and aggression on the feet, the wrestling, and, and then the striking, the aggression and the submission attempts to on the ground. Three, there was three deals. And on the feet, first punch of fight, I cut him open, you know, and I land, land, he takes me down. We're on the ground and I'm attacking, attacking, attacking for nine minutes go by. And uh, I'm like, you know, stand us up, you know, and we're, we're trying to pass not doing anything about holding me and bleeding on me. So it got so bad, God knows the story. <laughs> I took my thumb 
and I put it in the cut and was trying to rip his cut Good open job. on his eye. Good job. <laughs> and he goes, Brennan, that's a pussy way to win a fight. I was like, bro, so is laying on top of me, not even trying to punch me. Yeah. You know, they end up standing us up. And uh, I landed a, a really good right hand to put him on, on the ropes and, and threw a three-punch combo. And then he shot and took me down again. And, uh, again, I'm attacking for the rest of the fight. And it was a 30-minute round, one round. I lost 11 pounds in one 30-minute fight. And the, the fight ended. And there were two judges from there. And then Noe Hernandez, who was a fighter, Noe gave it to me. And the other two judges gave it to him. Yes, sir. I lost a split decision. And I was like, I don't know where those two judges were from, but like judging off the things that you said, you know, I won the fight, you know, and they didn't even have me winning the striking and he hadn't landed anything mm -hmm. on the striking on me in, in that fight. The first fight he did and, and uh, in the UFC, we both landed one on each other and then we were on the ground again. But uh, we have an hour's worth of fighting together, you know, uh, one hour, one dude. And uh, but that, you know, I'm sure he got a decent amount of experience out of that fight or those three fights with me, but not like I did. You know, I, I was so early on that 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 set me up, you know, for I just fought a 20 minute fight and a 30 minute fight on my fourth and fifth fight of my life. You know, so I got the experience with one of the best guys in the world at the time. The best. Yeah, he, the he best. was the, what, yeah, the best. Yeah, the best. Yeah, um, don't cut yourself and, short. And it was just crazy. But we, we like you fought Vandalay, you fought you know, the, the guys you fought in King of the Cage that were actually sent over from Pride, you know, yeah. the guys you fought in Japan, we fought the best, best. guys early on, yeah. you know, early on in, in our careers. And, you know, I don't know how many fights you had when you first started fighting those guys, but not that many, Yeah, no. you know, and, and they definitely had the experience. But at the time we were just the, yeah, sign me up. We'll take that fight. And there's you probably know? five of us. Yeah. <laughs> you, Tank, Lober. Lober. Me, and somebody who just went to prison. Uh, he's got like the most MMA fights. Oh, Travis Fulton. Yeah. He's dead. Oh, he's dead. Yeah, he killed himself in prison. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah. Sorry to hear that. that guy's got over 200 fights. Right. We fought on a couple cards together fighting for uh, Extreme Challenge Monty show. Oh, okay. Um, tough dude, but yeah. Yeah. He he fought Jeremy Horn. Jeremy Horn also fought a lot. Okay, yeah. Like I forgot about Jeremy. Yeah. 110. For uh, but guys that would call, you could call today, you want to yeah. fight tomorrow. Yeah. I, who? It doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. cool. I cornered Jeremy once. Monty calls me and says, hey, Jeremy, Jeremy Horn? On, yeah. Jeremy's on his way to California to fight John Marsh. Will you corner him? And I was like, sure. So I cornered him and he won. But he, he came back to the corner between rounds. He goes, you think I won that round? Or what, what do you think? And he's just standing there. I'm not even in the cage. He's talking down to me, having a conversation. But it was obvious the experience he had because he was so chill. And I was yeah. like, who is this guy? Yeah. I later cornered him when he fought, when he rear naked choked Chuck. Uh, oh, or right. not rear naked choke, he arm triangle, I think, arm triangle Chuck, Chuck. and put him to sleep. And uh, I was in his corner for that, which was That's was cool. cool. Yeah. That's a bittersweet, though. Yeah. 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 I like Jeremy a lot, but Chuck was Chuck. Yeah. Chuck is Actually, Chuck. Chuck became Chuck after that fight. Oh, okay. Yeah. He was. He had won some, some fights, but not like he did after okay. that. He went on a run after that for yeah. a long time. Love that guy. That was like UFC 19 or 20. Yeah. And we're at what now? 270? 271? 272, I Two? think. They're now about okay. to be 273. Okay. Um, and Bellator is the same. So they've caught up fast because they just had uh, Lucas, I think, was 272. Um, and they're now tonight, I think, is 276. That's bananas. Yeah. I think his next one will be 280. Okay. Yeah. That's going to be so cool watching that kid goes through his career. Yeah. It's been, it's been a wild ride. He... I'm going to have him on. We, we, we talked about some, you know, some of the stuff that he does and the way he handles the, uh, 
the game itself doesn't get involved doesn't watch fights you know the only time he watches fights is if it's like a big fight and i tell him to come out and he'll come sit on the stairs and watch it or like uh, uh if there's his, his opponent when we get him i'll send it to him he'll watch it once or twice and then that's it and then just up to me and his boxing coach to to put the game plan together and, and whatever but at the moment you know the game plan everyone knows it but it's so hard to stop yeah you know so it's uh it's one of those things you had we we're talking about the uh, a submission tournament you did the worlds i think yeah where he came up and he said i knew you were good but i didn't know you were that good yeah you know it's the same thing pablo gilabelle oh yeah, yeah there you go pablo Gilabelle. yeah yeah he showed up i had won the first two years before that and mm -hmm. he shows up and says oh hey hey thanks thanks for showing up and i was like in the finals like what do you mean he was i just wasn't sure if you show up i was like okay i won the last two years like i'm of course i'm gonna be here he goes okay so i beat him and then we're standing upstairs and he's just like looked like his puppy just died and i was like you good dude he goes man i i didn't think you're as good as you were yeah. I, I definitely didn't i underestimated you and i was like well i knew you were really good so i was prepared i was nervous <laughs> i was ready to go but i knew you were good yeah. and he was just like yeah it just didn't zero credit I was like, well, yeah. it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. yeah. I, I know. Yeah. That's all that really matters. Yeah, and that's the same thing with Lucas. Yeah. Training is super respectful. Yeah. You know, you can't like think like, oh, I'm going to get through that or it's, it's I don't, I don't do think anyone's going to get to talk him into trash talking. That's so you know? good. He had a his second amateur fight. Kid was walked into Wayans, is doing this to him and uh, punking him. And I said, don't even look at him. Don't even look at him. And I'm worried because like, He's never even been in an argument before. I don't want him to like cower when the guy gets like that. You know, I wasn't sure how he would be. And he laughed at him. And then uh, they went up after the way and he reaches over to shake the kid's hand and the kid won't shake his hand. And Luke looks at the crowd and he goes and shakes his own hand. And <laughs> right everyone on. laughs and the kid right walked on. off and he, Luke just walked off. I was like, good luck right. getting this kid to, to be a trash talker with you or, or get into a scuffle with you. You know, he's like, eh. No matter what you say or do, we still have to fight tomorrow night. Yeah, you know? that's the thing. <laughs> we still have to get in the cage and fight me. So say all you want. Chris, how long have you had your school here? Um, here in Texas, 10 years. This is a beautiful facility. This Thank you. so good. Thank you. It's, uh, it's been awesome. We started in a small location across the street for one year. But like halfway through that year, I was already busting out of the doors. Which you and, do well. And then came over here and, and really exploded. Um, I was telling you, when I first moved in here, I was making enough to cover the rent, but not to make a dollar, not to pay the utilities, not to pay coaches. You know, so the first four months was out of pocket, just trying to keep it all. But it manages grew and grew and grew really fast. And and uh, I had some guys, you know, other people come around. And, oh, you went too big. You know, you'll never, you'll never be able to make it. And Ten years later, I'm I'm still here and yeah. have a lot of students and uh, successful. And it, you know, all my business was trial and error you know i started in a, a nice gym yeah. and it ended up being me and my boys training my guys training yep. for fights and end up closing it because i wasn't making enough money to to survive end up going to my garage i had a sweet garage and and uh, you know, i don't sorry to get off topic i don't know how you, that three-car garage yeah i don't so know how you pulled that off i had in my apartments there were there were three garages in each one one door or three doors but as yeah. you open it inside it's all one and that's how it was set up and so i got one and then i went to the managers there was no one ever parking in the other two i said is there, is there no one in there they're like no i said can i rent those and so i paid 50 bucks a month per per extra garage wow. so i paid 100 bucks a month 
for a three-car garage that I grew to 70 students. You know, I'd, I'd have 20, 30 guys in there at nighttime and, and uh, training, and they were just parking all over the place in the apartment complex. And and we we trained just like always. We had murderers in there, yeah. you know, a killer room. Yeah. And then I, I got to the point where I could get into a, another gym. I moved into a, like a 2,000-square-foot gym, trained in there, that green one, until it Were you at tournaments, no? Yeah, I started my tournaments okay, there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and you did one, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, grew out of that, and then right around the corner next to Outlaw Off Road, I oh. had a big was six thousand square foot place, and that was where I put the cage in cage. and had everything. And from that point on, I just been, you know, rolling, hustling. Yeah, I remember Always you used to have the, the big, the big expedition. Uh, yeah, yeah, jacked up, big jacked up. Outlaw Off Road did it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah you've Crazy done times. so well with that. Like your your business savvy is super good. I give you credit for that street smarts yeah man for me street smarts was better than book smarts just because i i didn't have a hard time figuring out most things but the people who tried to swindle one way or the other i was always savvy enough and smart enough to know no that's not that's not right you know and no i'm not gonna do that yeah um i was teaching for terry one time at cardio fit and we were splitting oh. 70 30 i had 70 he had 30 and, and that was my rent. And I was just growing, growing, growing. And he brings me to lunch one day. He says, hey, let's, let's have lunch. And he says, uh, we're going to switch it. And I'm going to take 70. You're going to take 30. But I'll quadruple the advertisement. And I said, so it'll take me three times to get what I was getting? And he goes, yeah, yeah, but it's going to grow big. And I was like, no, bro. Like, what? And and they just thought I would be like, yeah, okay, that works. You know? And and I, I had someone who was involved in my gym when I first moved here. And uh, he invested in it, and I'd never had an investor. I've been always been on my own. Yeah. And, but he was the one who who invested and wanted me to open a gym, so I did it. And then it wasn't going well. And he goes, "Hey, this is the thing." He goes, "We're gonna take over your gym and name. We're gonna pay you ten percent forever, and and you just don't have to pay anything." And I go, "Bro, like, what do I look like to you? This is my life. This yeah. is my whole life. It's been on my back. It's on my arm. You know, next generation MMA has been since '97." It's what feeds my family. It's what feeds me. I was like, you could offer me a million dollars right now, and I'm going to say no. You want to pay me a million dollars a year, and we're in a contract for a long time? Okay. But otherwise, you're literally taking everything that I've got, and I've got to live off of that. This is all. I, I didn't go to school. You know, I didn't, yeah, I didn't work. Like, this is what I did. And, and so someone's going to have to die to yeah. take this from yeah. me. And when he said that, I, I, I uh, pulled him aside. I said, hey, like, I don't know. Who you're trying to talk to but that's not gonna happen good for you you know this is this is uh and they had more money than yeah. i did yeah and that's always a fear because you know you see people in big companies get get rolled out of their own company and i was like well that's you know that's not gonna happen i took a little bit of drastic measures and uh to the point where he couldn't he couldn't yeah. do it and then uh I, I, from that point on i'm on my own good for you i'm glad to hear just, that story i was like why did i let someone get involved you know yeah it, it was just uh but it, that's happened you know, numerous times wow. over people uh, want to take advantage. It's always people that you're, like I said, it's always people you're helping out that, that want to take advantage or that end up burning you. So yeah. I just kind of go into everything eyes wide open in my circles like that big, you yeah. know, yeah. typically it's me and my boys yep. and, and then my students, I love all my students when I'm here and then coaching them and I'll help them do whatever. But then when I leave, it's just, that's it. It's yeah. us. Very cool. When you have that, that grit, like, that street mentality, yeah. not putting it on anybody, but like you had the courage. He's coming to you like, no, I'm going to give you the 10% and beat it. You're like, you know, at the end of the day, like we're going to win one yeah. way or the other. Oh yeah. You're not, you're not 
taking this from me. That was that was me always when I was failing anything. Yeah, I was just I was just a setback from coming. Yeah, like it's, it's, yeah. I, I never saw. Uh, oh, this is it. You know, never. Like, yeah. couldn't even convince me of that that I was done with anything. You know, and uh, like Pack had beat me three times, and I'm like, I bet I beat him the fourth Four time. time. Let's do it again. <laughs> you know, and and so that was just always my. I, I took lumps well, so just like you yeah. took lumps well and kept moving forward. What's next? What's what else next? are you going to do? Yeah. Because yeah. they could call you and say, hey, you want to fight Pat next month? And what would your answer be? Now? Yeah. I'd fight him. You're right? Yeah, That's, 100%. yeah. 100%. Gonna, <laughs> that that one's going to need more eyes. than the three. Yeah. That one's going to need more than the three he won, 100%. I love Pat. Yeah. And we're homies now, but in a heartbeat, yeah. you know, in a heartbeat, I would I would fight him. Um, and that's not talking trash. It's no, just real not talk. at all. Yeah. I love him, dude. He's he's an amazing fighter. Yeah. He's a five-time UFC champion, you know? So, of course, I would like to fight him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess it's just like Antonio wanting to fight me, you know? Yeah. But but at the same time, I could like Pat and, and want to fight <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah, there's no bad blood. Yeah, I'm not trying to, not trying to <laughs> silence him. Um, yeah. Antonio, the first time that guy came to my school, because we were filming for King in the Cage, yeah. pulls up like six, eight cars deep. And the guy's in the back. Yeah, he was sitting in your cage when he was talking about fighting me. Oh yeah! In the interview, he was talking about. Fighting oh yeah, yeah. But it was at your, okay, yeah. At they your interviewed, gym. but my gym. Yeah, that was so ironic. <laughs> the guy shows up. He's watching porn, cleaning a gun in the back of his car. I'm like, "What are you doing? This Newport Beach you can't do that here." First time I met the guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's from Long Beach, and he's he's a real deal. Yeah, you know, he's I, about it. I hung out with yeah, I hung out with him in my cabin uh, that I had rented for my camp in Big Bear, and had a lot of conversations. And I was like, "Yeah, this guy's." He's a real deal. Yeah. <laughs> He's all about it for sure. So what are you doing now? So since COVID, um, it shut down pretty much at that time, all the fights, nobody was doing anything. Um, so I'm training a lot of successful individuals. Um, I, t I coached a kid for that YouTube versus TikTok. Uh -huh. And then so like normally I'm an MMA guy, but recently I just kind of switched over. I got some pro boxers and, and I've just been doing the boxing thing. Um, I've been watching for a couple of years now online, and a lot of boxing, yeah, real good boxing. Like just, just even just your your shorts. Thing. You know your short clips of the whatever of the day. You know, oh, it's just been. Thank you. Good thank stuff. You. Good stuff. Thank you. Us being able to travel the planet. Yeah. I've got to learn from the best. Yeah. Like it's cool. Like oh, it's my coach, and he's like number one in the state or the county or whatever. I don't know what it is, but like been able to go around this planet so many times and learn from the best yeah. and it's him i'm like why is this happening and now like i get some big names and some good opportunities to come through the door so boxing just kind of but somebody hit me up the other day like hey do you do any of that grappling stuff i'm like that's my bread and butter <laughs> i'm like yeah, but we can do this whole boxing thing so that's my, my that's my thing lately is is doing hands um i do a ton of hands and i travel a ton do you yeah like i envy you staying here yeah. at home and doing i did travel for you know a lot uh but i prefer to be home home if i go i've literally got on a plane flow 24 hours to australia got off taught a three-hour seminar that morning 2 a.m got back on a flight and flew 24 hours home like, i just want to get home as fast as i can yep. and guys like you want to go out to eat no bro just go back and pack thank you, know? you. and and i i like i my relationship with my kids is like next level. Yep. And so I cannot wait to get back and get with them or, you know, or, or not miss Luke's training sessions yeah. or not miss Tyler's matches. I didn't miss like 600 matches between the two of them until one of them got to college and the other one was in high school. 
and they both had a tournament and I was racing back and forth uh-huh. between Richardson all day long while their matches were going on. And then one of them, the, the finals happened at the same time. And so I missed one. And then last year or the year before, uh, I had gone to Tyler's, even though he's wrestling division one, I'd gone to, uh, Southern Illinois, Northern Illinois, you know, South Dakota, like traveling all over, flying everywhere to catch his just one duel, one match, uh, but just to not miss any. And Good then, job, Dad. And then this last this last year, I missed some, you know, being being sick and stuff. So it sucked. And he's also had wrestling tournaments on the days Lucas has fought. Right. And I was like, well, I, you know, I got to be at the fight. I his, his coach, coach, um, but which he's understanding of, yeah. Oh uh, yeah, of course, yeah, okay. yeah, for sure. He, he doesn't mind at all, um, but. And and unfortunately, he's not been to one of Lucas's pro fights. Yeah, he, he was all all three amateurs, but he's not got to. He hasn't gotten to go to any of his pro fights yet. So it's been a it's been a bummer. But at some point, maybe maybe the one this summer uh, or or this June, he'll get to he'll get to come to. But the wrestling at D one level is no joke. Like when school gets out, he comes home for about six seven days, maybe ten days, and goes back and takes a class and wrestles all summer at the RTC there and at the school. And then he comes home again for a week at the end, two weeks at the end, less, and then goes right back to school again and, so, and season starts. But he's been gone now for three years. Goodness. It's terrible. When when he first went, I took him. He didn't have a car yet. I took him. And uh, me, him, and Luke were like the three amigos yeah. 24-7. Bro, I dropped him off. I hung out with him. I got in my car and drove away and I had to pull over and just cried for 15 minutes. And I'm yeah, just like, sir. oh my God, this is so terrible. And and I didn't want to make him feel bad. You know, I wanted him to have a good time. And then I started driving and then we started texting right away and we're, we're BSing back and forth. But neither one of my kids has ever had a sip of alcohol, ever, and and or done drugs. And he messaged me a screenshot of one of his roommates 15 minutes after I left. And he didn't even know him yet. Asked him to go get drunk. And I was like, man, it, it begins. But, uh, in school, I, I was just telling this story to, to PJ. Uh, in school, when they were starting high school, I said, I'll tell you what, instead of telling them, don't drink, don't do drugs, I said, if you don't drink a sip of alcohol or do any drugs all through high school, I'll give you $10,000 at the end of high school when you graduate, but you're gonna take a lie detector test. If you fail, you owe me a thousand. If if uh, you pass, I owe you 10 grand. And they said, okay. Had I known they were going to get so deep into the sport and not really care about it, oh, I forgot. Then I added in a $2,500 bonus if they didn't have sex during high school. I wanted them to, I wanted them to job, focus on their, on their stuff, you know what I mean, yeah. and, and focus on their, their training. And, uh, and sure enough, man, they flew right through. I owed them money. I paid them money. Lucas started college. Uh, says you want to you want to double or nothing on college and i was like you think you're gonna make it through college without drinking he goes absolutely and i was like let's do it so i owe you 20 you owe me two if 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 i win he goes okay and tyler goes same and and so tyler is now the designated driver designated uh everything for his for his guy his guys all his friends and Lucas, you know, he hangs out with people that, that drink and yeah, whatever sure. because it's hard not to. Yeah. But he doesn't do it, you know, and, and everyone around him knows that he doesn't do it. And uh, the rest, I think they handled the other thing, like, right after yeah. I paid him. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, it was uh, they, they deal with that. smooth, smooth sailing, you know. So it's been it's been cool. Uh, it's made things easy. You know, I don't have to deal with any of the things that a lot of 
other parents might have to deal with with a teenager fighting a teenager in the limelight you know a teenager partying at school there you go you know uh it, it's made things very easy and that keeps them respectable you know and the other parents like them obviously and and want to but i think they're like the only kids out there luke tyler's the only kid on the team that doesn't drink he had one other friend that doesn't and he left the team last year and moved back to arizona uh, and like, oh, bummer because that was his homie yeah but you know it is what it is they're about to go to florida for spring break and he's going to be the designated everything while they're there. Oh, well. That's that's the best story of the night right there. But it was cool because I didn't say don't. You yeah. know, you tell your kid, don't do yeah. this, don't do this, or you're going to get in trouble. That's not gonna they want to do it, right? Yeah. They want to do it. Even if you tell them it's wrong, it's whatever. But having them be always sober, they get to see all their friends get hammered and be like, bro, yeah, I don't want to do that anyway. Yeah. You know, and, and it doesn't look... It looks fun for the first 15 minutes and then all of a sudden, you know, there's either a fight or drama or sick or, you know, whatever. Or the law. Yeah, the yeah, law. It's crazy, the law right? for yeah. sure. And now, man, people are people are uh, lacing stuff with stuff. A kid just oh. died in Florida because he he, uh, he did coke and it had fentanyl in it. He died. Another high-level wrestler smoked weed for the first time. Smoked weed for the first time. Had had was laced with something. Went went crazy he didn't die but he went you know a little side. bit yeah a little yeah. bit crazy and end up going through uh a little mental uh, uh um not a clinic but like through a, a mental hospital for like four months and and it was a good just what? yeah whatever it was laced with he got messed up first time and that's what i was telling my kids like uh, dude it can be the first time and like yeah. oh i got it from my buddy yeah but where'd he get it from his buddy who got it from his buddy he's like you don't know you know so i just keep him and they just, I never had to enforce it. I just gave incentive and it made it easy. And it shows. Look at your kids right now. Yeah, I got lucky. Look at your too. kids. <laughs> That's not, I'm not, not trying to, to be distracted on their It's not lucky. But her and me were not good kids, <laughs> you know, and don't deserve to have the kids that we have for sure. Yeah. You know, my mom will always tell me, you're going to end up with, you know, what yeah. you deserve. Yeah. I was like, well, probably. Yeah. But it didn't happen. So I'm very fortunate. Thank you to my children for yeah. being the kids that they are. And, and and parents and kids watching this right now take a lesson from it yeah because this is real talk yeah real talk yeah they're 21 and 20 and 21 and crushing it yeah i never had anything yeah crushing it that's so good yeah good job pops thank you yeah thank you so anything else where are you training uh um, want to shout anything out before we get out of here you know what i'm just uh i wish i could i'm just so busy right now like I'm I'm kind of looking up and uh, open. I was supposed to open up a gym in San Diego. It Sweet. fell through. Um, bigger facility like this, uh, but for whatever reason it didn't. Um, so like I'm I'm full time into the ministry and the church. So I've been told I have a feeling that it's going to take me somewhere other than here. So that's always a possibility. Sweet. Um, so other, what's other than here? Maybe Eastern Asia. Okay. So okay. Um, like I'm big into stopping sex trafficking not sex trafficking stopping sex trafficking it's really bad over there <clears throat> and they need guys of our expertise of what we can do what yep. we do or whatever yep um god and, i'd love to do that you know and it's for me right now it's a good situation because my son's settled like he's okay right um and like i can go and right. i can i'm gone all the time now so go up there and, and kick in some doors and save some little kids awesome like that's my get down i was at a tony robbins seminar uh 2017 
and yeah. uh, it was a week long, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., but he's a madman, and we ran to like 11 or midnight every night, and then back at 9 a.m., but they had a big donation for Underground Railroad, and I donated 2,500 bucks to the Underground Railroad thing there, and and it was super cool because the guy got up there and talked, you know, and, and Tony just kind of hung out while they, while they explained to everybody what was up, uh, but it was very, they raised over $1.2 million in about 20 minutes. Uh, with the, pe- the people that were in the room, I was <laughs> yeah. sitting next to the lady who invented Spanx. Uh, and oh, then the, another lady on the other side of me that invented the pop, uh, what is it, the popcorn that, um, it's a big bag of, it's healthy popcorn, I forget okay. what it's called, skinny pop, okay. skinny pop. And uh, then a couple guys that I'm still real good friends with that, that own car dealerships and, and other businesses, but it was all business owners. It was business mastery, it was 10 grand for five days. And good for you. And for me, it was worth it. You know, it was yeah. hard at the time yeah. to cover, but man, it was so worth it. And uh, got to meet, you know, a lot of cool people. But yeah. that, that talking about the sex trafficking thing, the, the Underground Railroad yeah. is, you, I'm sure you've heard of it. It's yeah. a yes, big sir. part of that thing. Yes, and and uh, we did a lot of donations that day and or fundraising. And uh, I was able, fortunate to be in the position to be able to yes, donate sir. as well. But Good job. Yeah, man, that's awesome Kudos. that you're doing that. Yeah. So cool. So I, can I hope see it does happening. take you somewhere where you can Thank you. travel and, and enjoy, you know. Thank you. Probably see some terrible things. Yeah. But at the same time, man, a lot of joy in the, the outcome of a lot of it. Right. I get that. Thank you very much. It means a lot. Sure. I get people ask me like, hey, what's a no rules fighter do when they retire? I mean, I'm still not retired, but like. Yeah. I'm not going to go sit at a desk and, and do something like no? that. But yeah, you know, like, like I'm like, uh, Chuck, Chuck one time said, like, yeah, I'm done fighting now. So I'm just going to pick my kids up from school, you know, go do the grocery shopping and stuff. I'm like, dude, who are you kidding? Yeah. Gonna, you know? So like, that's just an avenue and it's, I'm in a good place for it where I can go. And so we'll see what happens. You've done, like, you've done bodyguarding and stuff in the past, right? Yeah. I remember you doing some yeah. bodyguarding for some, some serious some people, some serious people. Yeah. And now I train a lot of bodyguards, or not a lot, but I train enough bodyguards that work for some serious people. Um, yeah, the whole thing. So it just kind of weird. it's set up weird, and we'll see where this so takes off. So crazy quick story before we get out of here. Uh, during the time around when you had done some bodyguarding, my friend at the time was, his name's Frank Alexander. He was bodyguarding for Tupac. We were two cars behind Tupac when he got killed in Vegas that night. And he, Frank, was in the car between us, and I was with my buddy Scott behind him. And for whatever reason, Frank wasn't in Tupac's car and always was. And Pac wasn't wearing his vest and always was. It was just a weird night, but we left the Tyson fight, and there was a fight in MGM Grand with uh, Orlando something, uh, uh, a Crip, I think. Uh, And he had already had beef with, with Tupac, and they scrapped. And then everyone, boom, and it looks like you can watch the security camera. Uh, they show it online. Yeah. And like 30 people look like a, a swarm of bees leaving the, the hotel. I think it was MGM or Mandalay, I forget which one. And then out the door. And then from that point, uh, he left to go get dressed and go out. And everyone kind of did their thing and then met back up. And we were going down, uh, I want to say it was Cobalt or one of those side roads. And gotcha. He got rolled up on chicks came up on one side and he's like da, 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 talking to the chicks and then other side came up and just bah, 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 and, and lit them up and then they took off everyone went to him and no yeah. one went to them until it was too late they people by the time they realized we should go after them they were gone and uh yeah it was a wild wild time but i was i was literally two cars what back when he got lit up frank alexander ended up being a punk um i ended up getting in a fight with him at, at uh like um family fitness center you know, before it was 24, it was called Family Oh, Fitness. yeah. And we ended up getting a fight in there over some stuff. And then he left. Well, 
later on, he writes, he does an E! True Hollywood story about Pac and everything, bodyguard for him. He was his main bodyguard. And then writes a book called Gotcha Back and kind of talks trash on Suge Knight. And then he found himself uh, hung in his own house. Yes, sir. Suicide. Yeah, of course. Epstein, same way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he got, he got, he, he hung himself in his, in his place. And, uh, but yeah, wild, story. wild, crazy story. But he would, that guy, Frank, was bodyguarding for a guy named Cash. It was an Iranian prince. And everywhere he went, 100 bucks, 100 bucks. He would just open the door for him, 100 bucks. Like he was giving money out like it was cool. And I knew you had, yeah. uh, uh, you had bodyguarded or did security for someone like that. Yes, you know, sir. Or a few people like that. But that was a fun job, huh? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. That cert- there's only a handful of people that can do that. Yeah. You know, because you well, have you, to have the personality with it too. Did you carry or no? No. 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 Yeah. Um, I had a CCW for whatever. Yeah. Um, I ended up having to get in a self-defense situation. I punched the guy, self-defense, a bunch of people saw it and the guy got $500,000 for it. Oh man. So the thing was they go, okay, you got a CCW now, you're gonna get in so much trouble. So yeah. I just kept it and normally- Where did you get that money from? Insurance. Oh, wild. Yeah, and a bunch of people saw the situation and they go, no, you know, I did, what I did was self-defense. Right. And it was just kind of one of those things. But normally if there's two of us working, you carry and I don't. Got it. So. You go first and the guy that carries goes yeah. second in case. Yeah. There's a, it's so there's so much to it now. It's a it's cool crazy. job though. Like it's a can be a dangerous job depending on who you're who you're working for. But um, I did a little bit for Tori Spelling and, oh, right and then on. Janie Lane uh, from from uh, Warrant. Yeah, right. Janie Lane from Warrant. Yeah. Uh, the tall guy did some for him as well. But um, I didn't know that. Good yeah, for you. Not long. Not like 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 a, just a couple gigs. You know. But it, I was wanting to at the time get into you know a, a somebody's full-on personal security yes and, sir and get a job like that but it didn't happen but yeah i was stoked when i when i heard you were doing that uh thank you uh you're rolling around in a nice car and yeah doing all sorts of doing fun the stuff. dang thing yeah, yeah. Awesome. so now if we can go save little kids it all serves a purpose beautiful yeah awesome thank well you. todd thank you so much it was awesome to have you out here it's great to see you after so long thanks for jumping on the podcast and and doing this and uh Hopefully we'll get you back and you know we'll see you again in a little while. Dude, I'm so grateful for this opportunity and to see you and your success and your boy's success. Thank you. Like you deserve every bit of it. Awesome. Thanks, Thank you, sir. sir. Thank you. Thank you. It is all over. Just like